I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 10, Northeastern. Do you like homemade Chex Mix? Who doesn't? That's a silly question, right? But when you go through all of the things that are in Chex Mix, do you like everything equally? Of course not. I mean, it's all one thing, but you don't treat pieces of the Chex Mix equally. There's things you go to first, there's things you save for later. That's what it is. And so this 22-point West Virginia win over Northeastern on a Tuesday afternoon in front of, they said like 300 and some people, it was like a batch, it was like a batch of Chex Mix, all right? Overall, very yummy, something that you're happy to snack on, but you're reaching for some ingredients over the other, all right? So let's get in, and this, again, this is personal opinion, one man's opinion on Chex Mix. If you have a different take on Chex Mix, let me know, but let me go through it. And we're going original, what's on the Chex box, original Chex Mix recipe, you know, you go to the store and they've got the checks. You know, we live in a in a great time. Yeah, it's a pandemic, but you can go to the store. There's so many varieties of checks mix that's already been made for you by checks. You got the honey nut version. You've got the uh, the bold, the cheddar version. You got all these different ingredients in each. I'm going OG checks mix in my. <laughs> Evil attempt to compare Chex Mix to WVU basketball. Let's go with the bagel chips. I would argue bagel chips in the OG recipe of Chex Mix, that's the MVP. It's what somebody goes to first. You you don't think about bagel chips. It's not a part of my life. It's only in Chex Mix, and that's what you reach for first. And that goes to Derek Culver. MVP of the game, had some foul trouble in the first half, but ends up with 18 points. Early in the game, he was scoring however he wanted. And the coolest part, and the thing I was most excited about, is he was doing an Oscar impression. He was getting behind the defense. They were finding him in transition, and he was dunking the basketball. Lots of dunks from Derek Culver, which I appreciate. He had a steal in the second half that led to a dunk that we love. Right hand, usually a left-handed hook we see from Derek Culver. He was going to the right hand today. Maybe his practice, you know, because it was Northeastern and he towered over everybody. It was working. Two of three from the foul line. Broke out the one-handed rebound late in the game, (laughs) which is such an alpha move. Good bounce back game. First real kind of ho-hum game for Culver was the Kansas game. Had a good game against Northeastern today. He was the bagel chips of the <laughs> of the Chex Mix. Next is corn checks. 
I would argue corn checks is the most flavorful of the cereal options. The checks. You've got a variety of checks. Corn checks most flavorful. And that goes to aggressive Emmett Matthews. Tied for a season high 13 points a day, four of four from the line. Ah, too many turnovers. But because of foul trouble in the first half, and because Northeastern was not very tall, Emmett Matthews played a lot of four. It's not the first time he's played the four this season, but he played a lot of it this game. And bad news on Isaiah Cottrell left in the first half with a lower leg injury. Huggins said we'll know more tomorrow on what that injury actually is. But because of that news, if Cottrell's out for Cottrell is out for a little bit, then we're going to get more Matthews at power forward. And I think interestingly enough, in the Big Twelve, the gauntlet of the Big Twelve, we can we can have substantial Emmett Matthews minutes at the four. And so with if Cottrell is out, Emmett Matthews is going to do that. And I didn't mind him playing the four today. Solid game from Emmett Matthews Jr. Next in the checks mix, the wheat checks. This is the most divisive of the checks in checks mix, right? I love wheat checks. Some people save that for the end. Like they'll they'll get the wheat checks in their hand and then throw it back in the pile to find a more flavorful checks or one that suits their palate. So the most divisive checks goes to Oscar. <laughs> What did we what did we see today from Oscar? Was that another ho hum double double like the VCU game versus lesser competition, or was it a great game? And this should be an easy answer, but truthfully, I have no idea. I mean, you look at his rebounds: fifteen rebounds, seven of them offensive, six of nine shooting. All that's great. Like you'd say, without watching the game and just looking at the box score, that's a great game. But you watch the game, Oscar did a post move where he only hit the backboard. <laughs> and it was not like a pass to himself. It just He was trying to make the shot, did not hit the rim, hit the backboard. He had a couple of heart-to-hearts with Huggins, and Huggins was not saying, you're doing a great job, that's my guess. Oscar was in foul trouble in the first half. Listen, I don't know if I'm being fair with the expectations for Oscar Shibway. I mean, the expectations are he was he was voted first team all Big 12 preseason. And he had a great freshman year and you you want to see him improve in his sophomore year, right? And so he has a game today and it's kind of unfair. It's like what 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 is he supposed to do? I'm just saying, watching him, I'm I'm telling you that the stat line looks better than what I'm seeing. Now, he puts up 12 and 15 against a Big 12 opponent, then it doesn't matter what it looks like. That Any conference double-double is not a ho-hum double-double. Okay? 
But against Northeastern, against VCU, and VCU's not a bad team. That that win is looking better and better. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But I love that stat line, and I'd rather have him do that today than, you know, four points in 15 minutes, right? But Oscar is the wheat checks. Rice checks. This is the unassuming checks. You know, doesn't get a lot of fanfare. But guess what? Rice checks, that's never sitting at the bottom of the bag or the bottom of the bowl. Everybody eats the rice checks, right? And that was Deuce McBride today. Quiet nine points, five assists. Did not play 38 minutes. He... The Huggins kept them under 30 minutes a day, but he still led the team in minutes. And listen, Huggins did not want to play Deuce <laughs> a ton. And yet, you watch the flow of the game. When Deuce is not out there, WVU is a different team and not in a good way. And so it's hard for Huggins, even against Northeastern, to leave Deuce on the bench. It is. And so Deuce was not overwhelming today. Very unassuming. But you need Deuce on the floor. Because when somebody else is running the point, it's it's a it's a big drop as of right now. So Deuce is the rice checks. Mixed nuts. Now mixed nuts, you know, that's that's what's in the recipe. You know, everybody's got a different way of filling that role for the mixed nuts. Somebody just buys the can of mixed nuts. And there's different versions of mixed nuts, you know? It's the grab bag, right? But no one eats, opens the bag or opens, you know, gets to the bowl of checks mix and reaches for the nuts first, okay? So, little lower on the list. An important part of a mix, because if you don't have nuts and bagel chips and other things, it's not a mix. It's just, you know, you just seasoned up a, a variety of checks, all right? Which I don't think I don't think makes it a mix. Anyways, the mixed nuts today was the guards besides Deuce. <laughs> and like I said, Deuce had a ho-hum game, but shot robot. Unconscious first half versus Kansas. He came back to earth a day, two of eight shooting. Let's call him the Brazil nut of the mix. After a hot start in the first seven games, Taz is dropping down to earth at a rapid pace. He was two of 11 from the floor today. Last three games, he's five for 22. So Taz is the pecan of the Czechs mix, of the mixed nuts. Jordan McCabe, 14 minutes a day. Always happy to have extra minutes for Jordan McCabe. He was over five. He's the macadamia nut of the mixed nuts. Kedrian Johnson, Kedrian Johnson. Congrats to him for scoring his first buckets as a Mountaineer today. So it was in garbage time. It was against Northeastern. But he's on the board. He had a dunk. He had a three-pointer go in. He was the almond of the mixed nuts a day. The best nut of the mixed nuts. But that gets into the last ingredient from the OG Chex Mix, and it's pretzels. And this is, 
I'm just telling you that I don't even think this is just a Josh Witt opinion. This is proven. Pretzels are last to go in Chex Mix, right? And I don't know why, but you take them or leave them, right? The nuts disappear, the Chex disappear, the bagel chips disappear, and you're left with pretzels. And the pretzel of the Chex Mix today was WVU's three-point shooting. Oh my goodness. Two for 21. (laughs) So if you're generous with your rounding, that's 10% from three today as a team. Think about that. West Virginia won by 22 by shooting two of 21 from the three-point line. It's not good. WVU is barely above 30% now from three for the season. So that's slightly better than the 29% they shot from three last year. And 29% from three as a team, that's close to the bottom of Division I college basketball. It's really, really bad. And so WVU is not into the meat of conference play yet, and they're at 30%. That's not good. And think about it, that 30% includes Shot Robot going crazy in the first half at Kansas and everybody making threes in that first half versus Richmond. So I'm concerned. The stat may be deceiving, even with Taz's recent slump. Him, McNeil, and Deuce, they're shooting in that 35% range that's decent, right? The new guys are really bringing down the percentage. They're combined two for 22 from three. Uh, so think Bridges, Cottrell has shot a, uh, a handful, hasn't made one. Cottrell, uh, Taj put up three today and missed all three. Kedrian has made one now, but he's missed a few. So... That's not a good omen for conference play. So we WVU does not have to be Gonzaga at shooting threes. But they're not going to be top three in the Big 12 if they shoot 30% from three. Even if they're dominant inside. You, gotta, you can shoot less and make more. But in 2020, you can't be that terrible at three-point shooting and be... Top two, top three in a league. Like the Big 12. So, enjoyed the checks mix today. But we all know WVU, We need to, they need to tweak the ingredients a little bit. They can put more in the oven, change the ingredients, get better batches. That's what they need as they enter the meat of the Big 12 schedule. Random thoughts coming up. Diane Prime Creative Group is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Everybody from Dyer Prime wishes you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Call or text them to find out about how they can help you with t-shirts and hats and embroidery and all that stuff. 304-767-4445. You can find them on the web, dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime.
Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. If you're a longtime listener to Unreasonable Doubt, you know there was a period of time where I gave out an email address that you could reach out to me. And I read emails on this podcast. And sometimes I wouldn't get emails and I would make up, uh, you know, don't tell anybody, but I would make up emails. I would make up the emails with made up questions and then answer the questions. But sometimes I'd get real emails from real people. Then that kind of went away. <laughs> and I would joke like I put firewalls on the email or I'd send all the emails to trash, but maybe one could leak through. Anyway, someone broke through the firewalls. I don't give out the email address anymore, but got an email today from the person tied for most frequent guest appearances on Unreasonable Doubt. It's Mike Kazaza, who did not send me an email with three appearances, and this man, Neil Stone. Neil Stone sent an email to unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. On the rare case, somebody wants to send an email. Again, you might have to jump through, through some electronic hoops for it to get to my inbox. But Neil was able to do it, and I'm going to read his email, and it's got some observations, it's got some questions, and I'll stop throughout the email and give my editorial comments. But here we go. Here's a few things I've thought about this season. You know, Neil doesn't really do the hello or, you know, like a typical greeting right to the business, which I appreciate that from Neil. Here's a few things I've thought about this season. Feel free to discuss them all, just one or none of them. It's your podcast and you're, gro and you're a grown man. So Neil, you're right. It is my podcast. I am a grown man and I'm going to feel free to discuss all of this. I'm reading the whole thing. Back to Neil's email. With a lack of a crowd due to the pandemic, you can hear a lot of what is being said from the court. I am surprised Huggins hasn't been fined a <laughs> I am surprised Huggins hasn't been fined a couple of times for his colorful discussions with players and or refs. That's interesting, right? It's this is me talking, not Neil. It's clear as day, especially today, that you could hear Huggins, especially in the first half. WVU player went up for a shot. Huggins thought he got fouled. And I know that because I could hear on the broadcast the chant from Huggins, that was a foul! That was a foul! And he does this probably every game. But we haven't seen, I don't know, have we seen any technical fouls attributed to coaches so far this season for WVU games? I know Huggins hasn't got one. I can't think of one. If there has been one, it's just been one. And I don't know why that's the case. It's weird because pandemic. Here's my theory. If there's no crowd, I think refs throw technicals at the coaches because they feel like the coaches are showing them up in front of a crowd. Like, you're doing this in front of all these people you're trying to show me up? Here, eat a technical. And so no crowd, 
and you still get the the chant of you know or whatever the feedback quote unquote feedback from the coaches then maybe if there's no crowd then they don't feel like they're getting embarrassed in front of a crowd and they're getting some more slack back to Neil's email the next the next observation from Neil Osaboyan is the most athletic guy on the floor when pay, when playing defense but the most unathletic on the floor on offense do you think the basketball is his kryptonite no i disagree with this take gabe osaboyan is one of the best passers on the team one of the most willing passers on the team probably and it's weird because he's a he's a forward he plays four but he might be the best post feeder on the team. And the ball wasn't kryptonite in the Gonzaga game when Gabe made that three-pointer. And Neil, you saw it. Everybody who's listened to this, they saw we saw Gabe shoot a three. The net didn't move. You know, what's more impressive? Watching a video of Steph Curry make 105 threes in a row. Or watching Gabe Osaboyan make one three in a in a college basketball game and the net doesn't move. Not like a bank shot or that it even goes in. It looks like it looks like poetry. So that's not a kryptonite situation. So that happened, and we all saw it. Now, to your point, Neil, he scored <laughs> since that Gonzaga offensive outburst, he Gabe has scored five points in the six games since that game. Okay, so he's not shooting it well, but the thing about Gabe's role on this team is that we don't need him, we like I'm on the team, we don't need him to shoot. We need him to do all the things on the defensive end, and then he needs to be a good facilitator on the offensive side of the floor, and I think he is that, and if you're a good passer, that means the ball's in your hand and you pass it, and it can't be kryptonite, so... I don't accept your I don't accept your premise. Next point from Neil's email. Do you feel Emmett Matthews Jr. is a more dependable version of Esau Mod? Ooh. That he didn't type ooh, I'm just reacting to that. You kind of forget he's on the floor. He scores his points quietly, and his points are just bonus points. Neil, I'm not trying to argue for the sake of arguing. It's not something that I do, and you know that. But I don't think that's fair to either guy. And let me explain. With love and respect to Emmett Matthews, I would take Issa's sophomore season over any season that Emmett Matthews has put together so far. And he's only he's only had two seasons. But remember, Issa Ahmad, starter as a freshman. I mean, he's he started almost every game he was in in his WVU career. Issa was better on both ends of the floor than Emmett Matthews. And I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah, they kind of have the same role as like they're not your main 
person, they're not your number one scorer on offense, and the offense doesn't go through them. They're kind of working on the outside. But he's a better shooter. I think he's better at moving without the ball than Emmett. Emmett has his moments. Aggressive Emmett Matthews today. Decent movement with the ball. But he's a better cutter, better without the ball. Emmett has not put together a season like peak Issa Amon. And he can. I think that's a possibility, but he hasn't done it yet. Now, to your point about dependable, <laughs> Emmett is more dependable as a teammate and possibly as a person. I don't know Issa Amon. But what I do know is Emmett Matthews has not been suspended. Emmett Matthews from... How Huggins talks about Emmett is not going to get kicked off the team. Emmett Matthews, you watch him this year, especially as a junior, I'm noticing it this year. Leader on the floor, talking to guys after plays, being encouraging, getting in Oscar's ear, getting, you know, if somebody's reacting in a negative fashion towards a call made by the ref, then Emmett Matthews is there to kind of, hey, man, don't don't fool with that. That's something I never saw from Issa Amad. Okay? So, I understand the comparison as far as their role, and you don't want either guy as your number one option, right? Issa was technically the number one option his senior year, and it didn't go very well, and he got dismissed from a bad team. And it ended horribly. For Issa at West Virginia. Now he's getting paid money to play professional basketball. So Emma's not a number one option either. But strictly basketball speaking, I would want Emma to put up Issa numbers. And if he did put up Issa numbers, the ceiling for this team, as high as it's been set, and this is still a top 10 team, according to humans <laughs> in the press and the coaches. The ceiling for this team, if Issa Ahmad was doing, or if Emmett Matthews was doing Issa Ahmad things, it'd be way higher. So there you go. That's, I think, I, that's all. That's, and that's what I have to say about that. Next point from Neil. Last point. Who is a celebrity from West Virginia that you would like to see with a cutout in the Coliseum that you haven't seen yet? This is Neil's take. Obviously, Jesco White, but closely, and I'm I'm assuming he's saying close second, Conchata Farrell, R.I.P. So I had to Google Conchata Farrell with respect because I didn't know who that was, and I looked it up, and it looked like she was the lady in that Charlie Sheen TV show, and I didn't watch that show. My pick for celebrity cutout that I haven't seen yet would be James Jett. <laughs> James Jett, late 80s, early 90s WVU best, uh, football player. Also, like, one of the fastest guys that's ever run on a football field. And I had to Google celebrities from West Virginia, and I knew James Jett played for WVU, but I didn't know he came from the state. He, he was from the Eastern Panhandle. So James Jett, 
Now, I say James Jett, I don't know if I could point James Jett out in a crowd. <laughs> but the idea of James Jett. And then second would be that lady that hosted the first season of Top Chef. The lady before Padma. Thanks, Neil, for the email. If you want to send an email, do that. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. Buckle up. The next three of four are on the road, and it starts for WVU with the Oklahoma Tour. The first game of the two-game Oklahoma Tour starts Sunday, January 2nd, 4 p.m., ESPN2. West Virginia plays in Norman against Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma swept WVU last season. This is a well-coached team. Lon Kruger is a very good coach. Oklahoma good at offense, not as good at defense. They have fake Larry Bird, who was a tough matchup for WVU last year. Preseason Big 12 first-teamer Austin Reeves is their leading scorer. Oklahoma is 1-1 in the Big 12, so they're just like WVU. And they haven't played a game since December 22nd when they lost at home to Texas Tech in a close one. So... That can either be good for WVU, Oklahoma comes out rusty, or they're going to be well-rested. <laughs> so of those two options, I hope Oklahoma is rusty on Sunday. Happy New Year, everyone. Looking forward to 2021, as I'm sure we all are compared to 2020. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Apple Podcasts is great. Spotify is great. They're all great. Anywhere you can get this podcast is great. Including CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Do that for me. If you subscribe to the podcast, then wherever you're listening to this, whatever device you're listening on, it'll automatically download to your device. And that's good for you, I guess. It is good for me. And good for the podcast. So please subscribe wherever you're listening. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 8-2.